I know square dancing and I know the Pythagorean's theorem, but I don't know this. The world is changing faster than ever. What do you do to make sure you don't get left behind? What are the principles that stand the test of time? The strategies to implement in this new age and the tactics to accomplish our biggest financial dreams? What are the new rules to the money game? And how can we grow our skills, knowledge and wealth so that we can have the freedom we truly desire? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Will Myers, and welcome to the Modeling Genius Podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast and want to master money, go to moneymanmyers.com. No matter where you are, it's time to win. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. Can you believe some of the stuff they teach us in school? It's actually kind of crazy. The stuff they teach us in school that we never use and the stuff they should have taught us, right? We're adults now. <laughs> At least we, we pretend to be, right? I think, in my opinion, we're all children on the inside. Some of us emotionally have not grown up, right? Have you ever met people like that? <laughs> but uh, so we're just big kids now. I think we're all just big kids. I know I am, especially. I like to play and have fun and joke around and all that silly stuff. So it's interesting to me, the things they teach us in school and the things they should have taught us, should have like taught us, teach us. See, you can tell I didn't pay attention. I didn't pay attention in school. But um, like, for example, when I was in school, they taught me how to square dance. Real, really. Like I remember being in PE class at, uh, I went to Burnett Middle School in Austin, Texas for sixth grade. Then I went to Murkison Middle School in seventh and eighth grade. Um, I remember, I think it was, it might've been like Summit Elementary in Austin, Texas, uh, where I was like square dancing. Anyway, square dancing, square dancing, square dancing. Your homework is to go onto YouTube and figure out what that even is. I can still do it, by the way, square dancing. And it's the most ridiculous thing. It's, you know, there might, like if enough time goes by, it might pop up like as a dance in some kind of hip hop video. But anyway, they tell me square dancing. When am I going to use this? I've not used it yet. Or Pythagorean's theorem. I don't, I know that word. I don't know if this is the right formula, but I remember this formula. The opposite of B plus or minus this B squared all over 2A or something like that. Like, I don't, I don't even know what the math does or what it's for or what A and B and C, how it all relates. I don't know any of it, but I remember it. Why do I know these things? I do not get it. I don't get it. I've never used it. We'll never use it. We'll never use it. But the things they should have taught us in school. What, why didn't they teach us these things? What they should have taught us in school, probably number one is money. I think maybe some like, um, I don't know, awareness, you know, like awareness about, you know, there's like relationships and there's all kinds of stuff. But for sure, for sure, 100% money, right? And they didn't. Every day, in every way, money is all around you. And it's something we think about often. And I want you to ask yourself this. Of the last 10 thoughts that you actively thought about, how many of them involved money? How many of them involved you buying something that you needed? You thinking about a bill you have to pay? You thinking about a way that you can make extra income? You, you know, like worrying about money? Um, how do I invest? You know, like of the last 10 thoughts, how many of them were money? I'd be interested to know your answer too. So feel free to like message me 
Money Man Myers on all platforms. Um, Instagram's probably the best, Money Man Myers. But what's really interesting, and I know it's a high percentage, we think about money all the time, but rarely do we know anything about money, which is so crazy to me. That's why I remember I was 17, and um, as you know, you well, maybe you're aware, maybe you're not. I mentioned with very successful people. My mom happened to grow up with a guy who has gone on to become a multimillionaire. And so I was like open to this world. I was aware that there was a completely different world that existed than the, that I lived in. And I felt like, like I was standing on a state line. Like I think, I don't know where it's at. Is it like Arizona, New Mexico, Utah, and Colorado or something? There, there's some like four states. And you can stand like in one spot and be in all four places at one time or something. That's how I felt. I felt in that moment. Like, oh my gosh, there's the life that I grew up in with my mom and dad and being broke and not having any money. And like our first family family vacation was with borrowed money. We got a tent to, oh my gosh, there's a world where you can literally control your income. You can, you can dictate to the world how much you get paid. And it completely blew my mind. You just have to, to know things. You have to know different things. You have to think different thoughts. And you have to do different actions and you can get those. I was like, oh, so I, I was standing on this line and I just, it was just a choice for me. And so I, I chose the path that was uncommon and rough and rocky. And it's not linear. It's, it's foggy. A lot of times you're walking through mist and you can't really see the next step in front of you, but you got to walk by faith, walk anyway. And that's the path I chose and it changed my life forever. But because I went on that path, I took on a path of self-education. And so then I, I dove into finance, like for my personal self and then, I started to learn enough where people were asking me questions. Then I built a financial business where I was coaching and mentoring people about retirement and saving and investing and all these things. And it just completely transformed my brain. And that's why I'm like, why are they teaching this stuff in school? Like, this is crazy. They were, it's almost as if they, they picked the most ridiculous things to teach in school. And they're like, let's start with that stuff. Let, square dancing? Let's start there. Who, who made that decision? Who made that call? I don't know. It's all good. So the, like one of the number one things I hear often is what do I, how do I invest? We know we need to make money. We know we need to grow money. I'm making money now. So of the money thoughts that people have, one of the most common ones that I hear is how do I invest? And a lot of times, some, and it varies. Like I, I went to civil engineering school and I, my engineering types are super analytical and they just, want to know all the details. There's those types of people that want to know all the details, the ins and outs, which this could be a six hour podcast. I could go so many different directions and detail here and there, um, you know, about stock picking, about tax consequences, about, you know, I mean, there's like so many things, but there's also the other people that are like, I just want the answer. Will, I've been following you a long time. I've listened to what you say. I trust you. What is the answer? So I'm going to kind of find the middle ground in there. I'm going to give you some frameworks for thinking. The first thing you have to change, and if you're taking notes, this is where I would start. If you're not taking notes, how dare you, first of all. Second of all, this is your warning shot. Like, start taking some notes, man. you got to grow. The best way that I would recommend you take notes is with pen and pad. There's something about you physically writing it, the physiology, the connection, to you putting ink on paper or pencil on paper to your brain, you remember. Um, but if that's all you, if you have like a phone and text message and iPad, whatever, do what you got to do to get by. 
that I recommend taking notes that way. But if you're not taking notes, start taking notes. So the first thing that I'm going to teach you is a mindset. So we're going to talk about, you've got to think a certain way about money. And I just want you to go with the assumption that you don't think the right way. Now, whether that's true or false doesn't really matter. What does matter is that you go, there's something I'm doing wrong. I need to improve. And it's not a wrong like judgment. It's a wrong like awareness. Like, okay, there's something I need to do differently. It's like that moment of awareness when, when I, <laughs> I had gained a little bit too much weight. And I was like, go to get a shower and like walk by the mirror naked. I was like, Ugh. like that moment of awareness when I look in the mirror and like I couldn't even control this sound that just came out of me and I go, Ugh. like that, that moment, that sound is the moment of awareness. Like, dang, what have I become? Who is this guy? And how did he get into my house? And why does he weigh like 30 pounds more than he's supposed to? Right. <laughs> so that's what we're talking about. That's what. So it's better for you to assume that you need to make some changes so it gets you into that state of awareness and start looking on your radar. Okay, yeah, I need to make this shift. I need to make that shift. Just having that that attitude of improvement will totally transform your life. So start, we're gonna talk about mindsets, but I just kind of want to put you in that state of, there's probably some things you can improve. All of us, even me talking, there's some things I can improve. Just because I've got the microphone doesn't mean I'm perfect. So always be in that state. I'm gonna teach you some mindsets you've got to have but then I'm also going to cover like some actual tactical stuff that you can immediately go out and implement. Okay. So I, I before I get into like the mindsets and, and the tactics, I want you to know really where I was. I, I wasn't like, and I talked a little bit about my family and, and where we come from, but like, I want you to picture my mom and dad, when I was five years old, my mom and dad divorced. And that was really hard on me. I remember, I don't remember a lot from being five years old, but I do remember, I remember like the color red. Like I remember being hot with anger. And I, I do remember like, there's a few pictures in my mind, in my memory, there's a few pictures and images of me, like, I, like in our house, we lived on Masterson Pass. And I remember being in the house and like telling my dad, like trying, like begging him, like, I just want mommy and daddy to be together. Why can't you be together? And you're five and you don't understand like relationships and <laughs> arguments and, you know, like all of that. And hindsight, like the uh, 32 year old version of me in present day is like solid call, guys. <laughs> Good call. But the five year old version of me was like just very upset. I was very upset. And, and um, my mom would attest to that. You know, I was a very upset child and destructive and like just angry because of that for lack of a better word, trauma, right? Like going through that. And that divorce like caused like emotional pain to me, which is, you know, it's neither here nor there. But if we're talking in the financial conversation, it caused a strain financially for my dad and my mom. Like think about it and think about your situation, no matter what situation you're in, like two income household, like two incomes, two $2 coming in to pay one bill is easier is more simple than one income household, than $1 trying to pay one bill. And so that immediately cut, it immediately cut both households' expenses. It doubled them. It immediately doubled their expenses. Instead of going from one rent payment, it went to two. Instead of going from like one grocery bill, it went to two, one electric bill, two. So like it just doubled all the expense. And at the exact same moment, my parents, their 
income cut in half, like the household income cut in half. And one of them may have been making more money than the other. It doesn't matter. The point is that they felt this strain and this pressure instantly, which I'm sure translated and, you know, came out in all kinds of ways towards us kids and all that stuff. But so that's the environment that I came from. And it was all love and it was amazing. And I've got a great family and great parents. But I remember a lot of those like little stresses and pulls and stuff. And that's where I came from. Like financially, we were not well off. Like if you've listened to any of this other stuff, you've heard me talk about the first vacation we took. We had to borrow a tent from a sporting goods store, and then we were so broke we returned the tent. So that's where I came from to a present day. Like I, I don't think about money. I, I buy stuff, yes, but I don't look at the receipts. It's weird, and that's a super cool place to be. And rip, hoorah for me. Who cares? The point is that I want you to know is I want you to be inspired that you can do it too. Because I went to college and and I finished college. Now, I didn't graduate, but I decided I was finished. <laughs> I'm like, you, no matter where you're at or what your background is or any of that stuff, we live in such an amazing time that you can totally shift your finances. And how you do that is with your mindset. And if I was able to come go from where I was at as like from my parents struggling and like paycheck to paycheck. And it was like grocery bill to grocery bill. Like, oh my gosh, I don't know how we're going to stretch this food to get to Friday because that's payday. Or, you know, worse yet is like, I got a Friday coming and I don't get paid. And I got another Friday. That's when I get paid. And things are already tight. And you got to stretch it over like a week and a half, almost two weeks. Like that's the, the world I came from. And so the first thing you've got to understand is that number one, mindset is primary. How you think about money is everything. Let me give you an example. So when I was spending time with multimillionaires, I still do. But when I was first starting out at 17, I, the first thing that popped out to me was they look at money completely differently. Let me give you a couple of examples. Number one, broke people look at the cost of everything and the value of nearly nothing. Wealthy people look at the value of everything. And rarely do they look at the cost of anything. I hope you're taking notes because I'm about to drop some stuff on you that changed my life. Broke people look at the cost of everything and the value of nearly nothing. My dad, true story, we would leave our house on Masterson Pass. You can Google that, Austin, Texas, true, true story. Uh, I think it was like 103 Masterson Pass. I don't remember the number. That might be it. Um, actually, it was such a bad neighborhood. You can Google Masterson Pass shooting death. Like people get shot and killed on that street today. Not a good area then, and it's not a good area now. But he was, um, and we came out of that. So like the things I'm teaching you, I came out of that. You can come out of wherever you're at and, and do whatever you want. So I remember, true story, my dad was so focused on the cost of everything. Like we lived, so Masterson Pass meets up to Lamar Boulevard, like North Lamar in Austin. And we would leave Lamar Boulevard and like go drive like light after light after light after light just to go save like a nickel on a gallon of gas. Because he looked at the cost of everything and the value of nearly nothing. Now look how idiotic this is. It's so idiotic because, and I love my dad. All like, it's all good. But think about this. Let's say his car holds 20 gallons of gasoline and it, he's saving five cents a gallon. How, what's 20 gallons times five cents? He says a dollar, dude, a dollar. So people, broke people 
will like this is getting deep and you've got to pay attention right here broke people will trade time to save money and they will trade a lot of time to save a little bit of money and that's what my family would do over and over again and this is just one example of you seeing the philosophy the mindset play out into realization into like reality where we would spend time to save a dollar because we're looking at the cost, not the value. If my dad would look at the value of his time, not the cost of the gasoline being five cents, we would have gone to the corner store right there on the street on Masters and Passers, the 7-Eleven at Masters and Passers on Lamar Boulevard. We could have gone to that 7-Eleven, got gasoline and been home in a minute and a half. That's, that's, that's the problem. You looking at the wrong thing will cost you millions. You looking at the cost of everything and the value of nearly nothing, you're done. You're toast. Because if you've got the wrong mindset, it doesn't matter the tactics I'm about to drop on you. You're going to screw that up. That's why your mindset's so important. Wealthy people, let me talk about that. Wealthy people look at the value of everything and the cost of nearly nothing. So let's say that, and I want you to think about this in your life. You start, this is the old chicken and the egg principle, right? When I was mentoring with these multimillionaires at 17, I always had this thought of which came first, the chicken or the egg. And I know I had these mentors making millions of dollars per year. So let me break this down for you. A million dollars a year is $83,333.33 per month. That's over 20 grand a week. That means that if you get paid every Friday, you get paid 20 grand this Friday. And then next Friday, you got another 20 grand coming. So you better spend that 20 as fast as you can because you get another 20. Oh, yeah. When you get that 20, you get another 20,000 coming the week after that. That's, that's how crazy a million dollars a year is. Well, I knew people making that more than that in a month, but just because they built their business to levels and they were doing amazing things, they leveraged the power of the internet, all this stuff. That's neither here nor there. So when I was, when I was, my original thought was like, which came first, the chicken or the egg? How are these people, like, are they multi, like, does the money show up? And then they start thinking the right way or do they think the right way and then the money shows up? Because if you dissect multimillionaires and billionaires, they, their thought, they, they may disagree on a lot of things. They may disagree politically. They may disagree and believe in different gods. They may disagree like one drives an electric car, one drives a gas-powered car, one drives a diesel, like one, you know, like all kinds of stuff they disagree on. But there are these similarities in their thought process that they all agree on. And it's like the DNA of success and they've all got it and they've all developed it. None of them were born with it. Just like you had to learn to walk, they had to learn success. That's what, that's what's so inspiring to me is that you can learn it too. And so the first thing I thought is, okay, which comes first? The, that 20 grand a week for this guy, the million dollars a year, the million dollars a month, the millions of dollars per week. Or do they think that way first and then it shows up? Well, the obvious answer is that you the thought precedes the action. Like you never do something, you never take an action without thinking the thought first. Because thoughts lead to feelings, feelings lead to beliefs, beliefs lead to actions, right? So that's how all those things work. So once I figured out that it came down to thinking, then I started to dissect their thinking, which leads me back to that first point that I was talking about. Broke people look at the cost of everything, the value of nearly nothing. Wealthy people look at the value of everything and the cost of nearly nothing. Wealthy people value their time so much. 
that they will trade money to buy back their time. That is financial freedom in its purest form. You need to invest and grow your money so you've got enough money that you have time freedom. You can do what you want, when you want, with whoever you want for as long as you want. Have you ever been on vacation and it is so good that you call the jet and you say, give us another week, we're having fun. Have you ever had the ability to do that? Not just financially, but time. Or did you have to go back to your job? If you haven't had it, you need to experience it. You can always give it back, but you need to experience it and get a taste of it once in your life. I recommend you do it sooner than later. Because if you like it, you want to do it longer. And if you wait too late, the time frame's too short. So, wealthy people, like think about this for you, for your personal situation. Let's say you make 100 bucks an hour. Let's say 20 bucks an hour, whatever. I don't know what people make an hour anymore, but let's say you make uh, 20 bucks an hour. And it's going to... And it's going to cost you, you're going to have to pay somebody 50 bucks to mow your grass. But it's going to take them four hours to mow the grass and weed eat and mulch and do all the stuff. Well, you can like, you can do the math now because if you make $20 an hour, it's going to cost you 50 bucks to pay somebody for a four hour job and you make 20 an hour. Well, it's, it's, it would cost you, if you physically did it, it costs you $80. But if you pay somebody, it costs you $50. So mathematically, you save $30 by not doing the lawn, by paying somebody else. You with me on that? Now, if you're in a position where you can just like go make $20 an hour and you have to like wait for the clock to roll and the boss to like let you in. And well, then that's an entirely different problem that we have to solve. But the present problem is how you think about money. And that you pay people that you don't pay people because you look at the cost of everything. Like I'm not going to pay somebody to mow my grass when I can do it. Like I'm going to do it. It'll take me four hours, but I'll get it done. And it might take the professionals one hour to do it. It might take them 30 minutes. And you're like, $50 for 30 minutes? Are you crazy? It takes me four hours to mow the grass. Yeah, because it's just you. And you're not a professional. But they're bringing a team. They're bringing a team of like five people or whatever lawn mowing services bring, right? You're paying for all of that, but it's not about that. It's not about the cost. It's about the value. The value that it brings to your life is that if you make $20 an hour and those four hours that it would take you to do that thing, you could have made $80. So you could have paid them 50 for the money that you made and profited 30 bucks. Boom. That's business right there. Like that's the simplest way that I can break down business in like 15 seconds. But you start. You have to start framing your mind in the right way, getting the right mindset around money, thinking these right thoughts. And when you do that, it changes your life forever. And then you can go from an angry five-year-old where your parents got divorced to really controlling your life and doing what you want and being a true story. You're on vacation and going, look, I'm enjoying vacation so much, we don't want to go home. So what? Yeah. Well, it's going to cost extra. I'm not worried about the money. I've got the time. It's good. We're cool. Right? So you've got to shift the mindset because that is the chicken does come before the egg. You've got to think the thought, then the egg pops out. Or it's the egg before the chicken. I don't know. But you got to think the right way. Then the money shows up. So what if it gets on a bigger scale? So it's, it becomes way more obvious when you make more money per hour. Like if you make $1,000 per hour, then gladly you pay somebody 50 bucks to mow your grass because in that hour I can make $1,000. But you've got to start looking at that thing. You've got to look at the value of the things that you're doing. And it's really interesting because when we're charging for services, we want to get compensated very highly. But when we're paying for services, we want to cheap out. Isn't that interesting? So that's the first principle. You've got to have the right mindset. And I want you to start thinking about the things that you're not doing right 
or you're, when you're looking at the cost of everything and you're looking at the value and find the ways that you can shift it. Start practicing that in your daily. When you're driving, when you're walking, when you're exercising, when, you know, like when you're trying to go to bed, I don't know, just start thinking these thoughts, start practicing the thought process of value versus cost, all that stuff. So that leads me into tactics. How do you invest? How do you grow your money? So when you start, and that's one of like hundreds of frameworks in my mind about wealth and thinking money the right way, all of this stuff. So tactically, how do you do it? Well, number one, this is, this is also a mindset thing too, but it's kind of a blend. You've got to pay yourself first. I would write that down. I would get it tattooed like on your arm, on your wrist, so you can see it all the time. Like I would tattoo it on your spine. One of the most painful places you can get a tattoo, whatever it takes so you never forget the principle of pay yourself first. Why on earth are you working to pay Apple, to pay AT&T, to pay Mercedes, to pay whoever you're paying? Why are you working so hard in your job to make money just to pay them? You shouldn't even get the money. You should just set up your direct deposit to go straight to those companies. doesn't even make sense. If you're going to work hard, you're working hard for who? You. Not for Tim Cook at Apple, not for Mr. CEO of AT&T, not so you can put some gas in Jeff Bezos' Amazon.com airplane so he can jet around the country. None of that. You work hard for you and your family. You never forget that. You fight the good fight. You wake up early. You stay up late. You wipe the butts of the babies. You stay up late. You get them in bed. You're exhausted after a long day of work. Good job of taking care of your kids. Um, You're trying to stay on your diet. You're doing all of these things. At the end of the day, you're exhausted. You've got like an hour before you need to go to bed so you can at least get six hours of sleep. Lord knows you need eight. You haven't had eight in a couple weeks, but you need to get six. So you're going to watch your show. You're going to relax. Why are you doing all the work to pay everybody else? doesn't make any sense. So here's like the misconception. If you're going to invest, you can't like enjoy nice things. You can't have nice things. No, you can't. But you have those seconds. You pay yourself first. When it's all said and done, you've got to pay yourself first. At the, whenever, every time you get paid, when? Sometimes? Nope. When? Every time. Every, every time that you get paid, you pay you. So if you've never done this before, if you're checking account, I would say this is like if you want specific answers, like message me, hit me up on, on Instagram, Money Man Myers, and you just say this, say, Will, I need help. That's all you need to say, and I got you. I'll help you out like for specifics because I don't like general blanket advice. If you ever walk into a doctor and the doctor just like, hey, here's a prescription, you're like, hey, I, my back is kind of sore, and they're like, boom, here's a prescription. You're like, dude, aren't you like supposed to listen to my lungs or like ask me some questions or bang on my knee? I don't know, like do some doctor stuff, not just cut me a prescription. I don't like it because it's not specific to their needs. So, but I'm going to give you some like general rule of thumb stuff. If you want specific help, message me on Instagram. That's the best way to reach me. And I'll help you. Just be like, Will, I need some help. That's all you need to say. So if you're like shy, you're bashful, me too. Believe it or not, I'm an introvert. I would rather stay home, read my books, and like just think all day. Like be a philosopher. So like you you and I, we're the same. You and I, there's no difference between you and I. We're both shy and bashful, but do it anyway. Like, hey, just do this. Say, hey, my future self said that I need to text you. I need to message you so I can get my finances in order, but I need help. But I'm scared. <laughs> Whatever you need to say, right? But. So like you pay yourself first. Here's how you do it. I would say if your checking account has less than a thousand dollars in it, like, you know, you, you get paid money, hits your checking account or whatever bills go out. 
and you get less than a grand, you need to get that to a grand. So practice paying yourself first. So out of every paycheck, set aside 25 bucks, 50 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever you can do. I don't know where you're at now, but you just start in your checking account. We'll talk investing later on. Now, if you've got like a thousand to five thousand dollars in your checking, I want you to start pushing to get to ten. But you can play with that in your savings account. Like you can have a checking account at the bank, you can have a savings account at the bank. Get your state your checking account to a thousand, then get it to five thousand. Um, and now there's specifics on this. There's all kinds of stuff, but but like a general rule of thumb, just practice doing those things. And then um, there's all kinds of things you can do. Number one, never, 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 never use a debit card. Think about this. Like, okay, there's so many different ways to think about this. Um, see, this is going to be a six-hour podcast. I can already tell. But, okay, debit card. If you lose your debit card, somebody steals your debit card, they get your PIN number, they have direct access to your cash money, the place where you pay your rent, your light bill, your electricity. That's the same because electricity is on lights. <laughs> but, like, your water, your gas bill, all that stuff, they have direct connection to cut off all your bills because they, will, they can wipe you out because they've got your debit card. So from a security perspective, always use a credit card. Now, if you're a financial jellyfish and you can't pay off a credit card every month, then I'm going to slap you. But no, I'm not going to slap you. Message me. We need to get this worked out or whatever. Like, let's watch my, listen to my other podcast. But you need to use your credit card for a couple of different reasons. Now, if you're disciplined, this is good advice. If you're not disciplined, then we're all praying for you. If No, I'm just kidding. If you're not disciplined, start practice discipline. Tell yourself every day you're going to do five push-ups. As soon as you wake up out of bed, jump down on the floor, do five push-ups. Practice habits of discipline. Um, practice taking a shower that's a little too cold. It's a little bit uncomfortable. Drink like when as soon as you wake up, drink like 16 ounces of water, 10 ounces of water. Right? I, talk to a doctor before you do all this. I'm not a doctor. I'm not trying to get liable for anything. But just do something that's a little bit uncomfortable to practice the habit of discipline. That way you pay off your credit card every month. I'm going to assume you pay off your credit card. But – then you use your credit card as like the first swipe. Many different reasons. Number one, security. There's a, there is a team, there's a multi-billion dollar company and a team of security professionals that if somebody steals your credit card, they will go to fight to get your money back and they will front you the money. They will assume you are telling the truth and they will give you the money back. Talk to somebody who has ever had their debit card stolen money taken, fraudulent charges or whatever, the bank is like, we're going to research this. And then once we come to a conclusion, then we'll deposit the $600 that was stolen from you back. And you're like, how do I pay rent? How do I pay my mortgage with that? You talk to somebody and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Why well, you never do that. Number two, financially, mathematically, credit cards are giving you cash back. They're giving you 2%, 3%, 4%, 5%, depending on the transaction, money back. That pays better than bank accounts right now. Checking accounts and savings accounts are paying like half, less than half a percent, like 0.009 or something stupid. So you can get a good rate of return just by using your credit card. If you put $1,000 on your credit card, you get 2 or 3% back, that's some change, right? You have to use it for miles or groceries or you can get actual cash back and then deposit it in your bank. That's, that's, your, that's a better rate of return than just using, like you just made money on the same transaction where you wouldn't have made money. It's just being financially smarter. So anyway, this podcast is getting way too long, but those are some good tips right there. So then I'm going to assume that the next rule of thumb is once you practice paying yourself first, you've got like, you've got a couple of months savings. The rule of thumb in financial planning is three to six months. So if your, your expenses are, let's just simple math, 
is $1,000 a month. Well, three months of living expenses means you have $3,000, so $1,000 times three months. You have $3,000 in your savings account. That's a liquid account. It's not your checking, so it's a little bit more secure for people to get to, um, for people not to get to. But if you need it, you can get to it. Like if stuff happens and like your transmission goes out, medical stuff, whatever, you've got some cash to cover you. I also, and I'm, I'm not so big, this is me personally, I'm not so big on like having six, nine, 12 months. That's a preference thing. This is where the specifics come in. Because if you think about it, if it's a real emergency, that's where a credit card comes in. Now, the financial nerds out there are going, dude, interest rate. Like if it's an emergency, the last thing you're thinking about is money. If you need access to money and it's an emergency, you want to get access to money. Like if it's a ransom situation, I'm not, if somebody like stole my kid, and they're like, we're going to, it's a ransom. Give us money or else. And then like, I'm not thinking about interest rate. That's a true emergency. And that's a weird example, but that's the only one that puts you in a mind frame of what an emergency fund is meant to do. Then you're like, I'm not worried about the interest rate. If I've got a credit card and they're going to give me cash and I can get my kid, I'm cutting the check. Then I'm going to worry about that stuff later. There's a priority. There's a sequence. Strategically, there's a priority of actions you take in an, in an actual emergency. But so anyway, I would say like three months minimum. You can push to six months if you want to. But at this point, now you're ready to start getting in the game. And you might even be a little bit ready to invest before this, but you've got to establish these guidelines and these ground rules first. You've got to think the right thoughts. You've got to have those first two tactics in place. And then you're also making money because you're swiping smarter. Swipe smart, baby. I need to like hashtag that. Swipe smart, baby. <laughs> so now you're ready to invest. So if you're at this point, you've got three months of emergency fund or you're closing in on it. Um, the conversation becomes, do I pay off debt or do I start investing? Because I've got this student loan debt. I've got this medical debt. I've got this Best Buy card. I've got this. I've got that. Look, you, the greatest thing about investing is compound interest. That is what investing is. Compound interest in its simplest form is your money's money making money. So let me say that slow. Your money's money making money. That, that's what investing is. Investing in a nutshell is compound interest. Here's what it looks like. If you've got $100 and $100 earns 10% interest, well, now your $100 just turned into $110. That's your first level of interest. The compound happens when your $110, your new money, earns 10% interest. So now your $110, we add another $11 onto that. Your $110 turns into $121. And that's just in two compounds. Over your time, you want to get as many compounds as you can. That's the power of compound interest. But the problem with compound interest is it takes time. In order for you to get compound interest, you have to get time. And if you delay by focusing on paying off debt, you shoot compound interest in the foot every month you delay. So this is where it gets really specific. I'm going to give you some blanket advice because it's a podcast and that's kind of the the format of this, but this really needs to be a specific conversation. And this is the conversations that I would have thousands and thousands of times over and over and over building my financial practice and then training my team and my organization to do these conversations too. So I know this very intimately and it, it, this needs to be a conversation that you have. And like I said, feel free to message me or like, if you want to start, go to moneymanmyers.com. You can down, you can give, buy my free book, um, how money works. Just you cover the cost of shipping. I'll pay for the cost of the book. You can start there. Uh, moneymanmyers.com. Click the button, get your free wealth book, and I'll send it to you. 
that's where I would start. But you need to have that specific conversation. So let's just, but let's just assume that like we have the conversation and it's like, yeah, I need to start investing. That's the game plan. I'm going to start, I'm going to focus on debt too, but I really need to start investing because like, what if you pay off all your debt? You're 65 years old and you're like, okay, now I'm ready to start saving. Dude, it's too late, bro. <laughs> the time has passed. Good luck. Go. I mean, the best recommendation I've got for you is inheritance or lottery. Like, just get to scratch it. Like, that's, I mean, it's the truth. You've run out of time. Compound interest can't do anything for you because you ran out of time. There's no time for it to compound. So, I, I always suggest invest early, invest often. You've got to start doing that. So, here's my checklist. Here's what I would do. Number one, pay yourself first. When you get into the habit of whatever, the habit you need to set is the habit that you can maintain. You know, I, I work out, I've got a great friend, Marcus, and he's a, he's an amazing trainer. He works at Defiant CrossFit in Pflugerville, Texas. Look it up, give him a shout out. And one of the things that we talk about often is you, you can't, and he's great about this, is not pushing you too hard where like he breaks you. Because if he breaks you physically with an injury, well, then, then you physically can't come back until you heal. But mentally, like if he breaks you, you're like, oh my God, I'm dead. And then like you don't want to come back. But if you push you to the right limit where you're like, okay, that was hard, that was tough. And I feel good about myself for overcoming it. Well, then like you're hooked and you keep coming back. Well, it's the same kind of thing. You don't want to save too much every month where like, like you barely pay your bills. And like, then you're on this like stressful cycle of on the edge of, and like your, your kids are like, mom, can I go to McDonald's? And you snap and like slap them. Like you don't, you don't want to be there because you're saving so much every month, but you want to be in a, a, pay, a place where you, you're saving every month. You're consistently saving You're you're establishing good habits that will sustain you for a lifetime and you can continually increase it as you go. So whatever that number is for you, maybe that's 500 bucks a month, whatever the number is, practice doing that in your checking account. Do, do that for a month, two months, three months. And then when you're in that, at that point, then the four pillars come in. So I want you to go back and listen to my four pillars podcast. I'm going to give you a really, a really high level nutshell. What's that high level nutshell? What does that even mean? We give you a high level overview or put it in a nutshell. There, let's separate them, keep them separated. And so here's you, you have to, when you're investing, like there's so many different things that you could do. There's like stock picking, you can get into real estate investing, you can do fix and flips. If we're talking real estate, you can do buy and holds where you rent out rental properties and you're getting a monthly cash flow, which is great. I love that. But you have to build a foundation for yourself. That is always solid where you're, you're like with one domino, you knock down this one thing and everything's taken care of and with good, good markets, bad markets and everything in between. So really the only way to do that is this framework that I built called the four pillars and the four pillars. And there's only, there's only one place that you can put your money where all of this works. You've got to have safety. So your money has to be safe and protected all the time. And this is what I do. This is what I do with like 90 95, 90% of my money. I put it there and I start growing it. Maybe I pull it out and go buy some real estate. Maybe I pull it out and go do some other things, but I keep 95% of it there 95% of the time. And then, you know, I'll do like some silly investing, like buy some shares of Apple or mess around, like other stuff. The company name doesn't matter, but most of my money is in this philosophy. Number one, safety. How safe is my money? I have to make sure that I never lose a dime. You know how tough it is to earn money. So let's make sure we never lose money. Number two, liquidity, liquid. Liquid just means how easy you can get to cash. Cash is still king. How quickly can you get to cash? Like if you need it, 
that good times and bad times. Everybody talks about saving for a rainy day. If stuff happens, how soon can you get to your cash? What about a sunny day? What if there's a great real estate opportunity? There's a great investment opportunity that pops up and you've got 30,000 in cash, 300,000 in cash sitting in the account that you can't get access to. This is the big problem with 401ks, IRAs, Roth IRAs, 403Bs, 457s, SEPs, COEGs, all of them. There's so many strings attached to them that a lot of times you can't get your money when you need it or when you want it. So that's liquidity. Number three is rate of return. You've got, if we're going to grow our money, if we're talking investing, we have to get a good rate of return. Where can I get a good rate of return? I'm talking double digits. Like, let's talk low side, eight, nine percent, but let's talk up from there. And how you do that is also by protecting your money on the front end. And then number four, and this is probably most important, and this is the most overlooked, and this is where the, the specifics of your situation are so vital because you can mess this up. Even professionals in the industry mess this up every day, and it drives me crazy. Taxation. You can like, think about this. You could do everything right for 40 years straight, saving, being disciplined, sacrificing for your kids, doing everything right. You get to the finish line and the tax man says, I want 30%. That's why that one's so vital and I see that one messed up. I look at, I look at very smart people with lots of money that was messed up on their stuff. And I'm like, man, and they didn't know any better. Even people in the financial world mess it up. So be very cautious of that. Um, I'm gonna wrap this up. I don't wanna take, this has already been way too long, but I think, hope this was valuable to you. Here's what I want you to do. If you need help doing this, I don't mind helping you. Um, reach out to me and I will send you my How Money Works webinar where I go into this in detail. It's, it's like an hour and 15 minute webinar that I did and I'm teaching all of these principles in much more detail. So if you want that, reach out to me um, at, on Instagram. That's the best way to get a hold of me, Money Man Myers, and I will send you my How Money Works webinar where you can start learning and practicing these principles. You can start learning this in way more detail. And, and I'll do another podcast of like, part two of this, a continuation of this talk, but that's really what you've got to do. You've got to start paying yourself first. So message me, let me know if you want that access to that, how money works webinar. I'll get you access to that. But anyway, I hope you, hope you found this valuable. And just remember, you've got to think the right way. You've got to think like a millionaire in order to become a millionaire. You've got to think like a multimillionaire to get there. Thoughts precede action. And then you take the action and you get there. So start paying yourself first, start investing because there's no reason for you to delay. Take care, champs.